fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe is there. Cobra Commander with an ultimatum for the United States. Cobra now possesses a weapon that makes us invincible. We call our device DT Pod, a real American podcast. Observe this little demonstration. Edition of DT Pod. DTPod.com is not really ready yet, so don't go there. Don't do anything that I just said. Um, we're still on the Dork Trek feed. After we finish the mini series, we'll go to our own feed for those of you asking. So, hi. My name is Bob. I'm one of the hosts of DT Pod, and today I'm joined by two special guests. Uh, one of them is a Patreon. Is it Patreon? Is that how you pronounce it? Because I've always I've been curious since I've started. It's Patreon, right? That's how I'm pronouncing it. All right, so it's a Patreon of uh, the Bob is in Ohio family of podcasts because we're slowly becoming a family. His name is Keith Darrow, and he is a lovely dude who's a musician and goalkeeper and wonderful guy from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And he's wearing a Doctor Who shirt, I think, to get brownie. Yes, sir. <laughs> so say well, I figured, you know, I heard you and Dennis talking about the Doctor Who thing, so we can now tag this episode with Doctor Who and get more listeners. There you go. That's how you got to do it. You have to tag all your podcasts with Doctor Who so more people listen. So that's Keith, and then our other guest tonight is from the great state of Michigan, puremichigan.org. He is a cartoonist. He is a wrestling fan. He is a man with beautiful hair, and he was really nice to my children when he visited the city of Cincinnati. Uh, his name is Dean Stahl, right? Is that did I pronounce that? Stahl? Stahl? That is it. Stahl? Stahl. Dean Not Stahl. And there's Dean right there. There he is. Hi. Hey, Dino. Look at that goatee. He's a handsome son. <laughs> Yeah, so this is our crew for the evening. Dennis Black and Asian is still on, um, I guess. And I am repping a Serenity t-shirt because I believe in dead fandom. There you go. So Serenity, we got Serenity, Doctor Who, and I'm wearing pajamas <coughs> like I'm Felix Unger. So really awesome. Hold on. I think I can if we bring one nerddom here. Uh, turtle poster in the back just to come go for a full circle. Nice. So we got it all covered. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we're going to review the episode worms of death this is the third gi joe episode and after watching this episode i am surprised they made it to a fourth because this episode kind of stinks i'm just gonna go out on a on a limb here and say that this 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 episode was pretty dumb we're still in the overall arc of the mass devices because this is still the pilot like the first four like mini of the gi joe what is that did you hear that or is that just no. me I hear it, but I don't. I'm, don't know where it's coming from. Okay. What happens is uh, Cobra Commander goes on another role of blackmailing the world. The, the show opens with Cobra Commander. He's speaking from his little Cobra base, and the message is being sent out all over the world. And he is threatening to destroy New York City if the armies of the world do not lay down their arms. And, and not a single person tells them, have you looked outside? We've done a pretty, pretty fair job on our own. We don't need your help. Yeah, and, so, and the thing is, too, my wife and I were talking about this when we were watching the episode. Like, does ruling the world sound all that awesome in the grand scheme of things? It sounds like a pretty shitty gig because you got to control all these different people and you got to do all this stuff. It doesn't sound like A lot it. of responsibility. Yeah, it's just too much well, responsibility. Well, the way you guys have been putting it for the last couple episodes, Cobra's really into green technology. Yes. But nobody's going to listen to you if you come at them with the hippie love message. So they're trying to be fearful so that you'll actually listen to what they have to say as they're trying to say, save the earth. 
I don't know, man. I'm just not into like the idea of ruling the earth. It sounds stupid to me, but so Cobra Commander's making all these high-end threats that he's going to blow up this and he's going to do that and he's going to destroy New York City. But Destro is upset because he knows that they don't have the catalytic elements to complete his blah 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 i love the way destro speaks like he's got such like his vocabulary is so massive and his voice is so rich and like this deep mahogany voice like it's beautiful he's got a beautiful voice yeah but he was so cynical oh of course he's cynical he's destro he has a giant metal head he has to be cynical so he's doing his thing, and uh, Destro is not impressed. He's like, you know, we're not. We got to get these catal catalytic elements. We have to find a way to replenish it, because if we don't, then we're just making idle threats, and we look like jerks. Baroness tells him to relax; that we'll figure it all out, and we'll be able to find more elements, and hopefully, Major Blood will be able to get everything straight. And he does. That dude gets stuff done. I don't know. He was out there with no winter gear whatsoever. Everyone else was all bundled up, all warm, and he was just in his normal uniform gear again with his eye patch. And he's got his chest plate. The chest plate is very <laughs> warm. It's a very warm chest plate that he wears. Was it actually plugged in with a heater? Is that what I saw? He's got those little breakable packets that hunters use where it'll just warm up really well for a couple hours, and they can just stick it under there and be all warm. Right. Now, Dean, I'm going to call you on that because those things stink because when we camped out in front of an elementary school <laughs> last year, uh, a friend of mine bought a bunch of them, and they don't work at all. You're better off just, like, taking a leak in your shoes because those – Yeah, but you live in Virginia. Or you, no, this, you was in, well, this was when I was in Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't work. I was going to say the better hunting gear is probably up here. Uh, so look at you. You're elitist. Just you like pure Michigan. After, every time after you say something hey, – if I don't say that stuff, Ted Nugent will shoot me. <laughs> He's watching all of us, you know. <laughs> Big brother Ted Nugent. Uh, it was it was eighty today, so I got nothing on that winter gear stuff. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I dug the the chest plate because I love. I'm telling you, man. Major Blood has so far in this series, he has the best outfits. Like his outfits just dominate. He has a lot of accessories, but the the metal chest plate is by far the best one. I think that's my. I was disappointed story. we didn't see more of him. He was in there for like 30 seconds. Hey, guys, fix the robots, and then he was done. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer, man. I, I could definitely go for a Major Blood episode. Like, that would just be a lot of fun. Just Major Blood. Just him, you know, just like a day in the life of Major Blood. Maybe we'll get there. We a spinoff, maybe? Oh, that'd be great. Like, a spinoff of Major Blood. The, and it's spelled, ironically, B-L-U-D-D. -D, so I thought that was weird. And his and accent. Did the lots over the U? No, no dots over No. Not like no. Motley Crue or anything. Or Lowenbrow, and I don't get his accent at all. I have no idea where he's from. I can't, I can't place it because it's literally all. He sounded like Bon Scott from ACDC. <laughs> I thought it was Australian for a second. That's awesome. Actually, according to the wiki, he is Australian. It looks like. Mm, okay. Well, there you go. He's the third Energizer guy. <laughs> that that chest plate's for rugby. <laughs> <laughs> So he tells the dudes to uh, repair the android and get it in the cave to see if they can find some of the elements and clean out any G.I. Joes that may remain, even though I don't know how he could, there would be any G.I. Joes in there because there was like a cloud of nuclear dust or whatever, but neither here nor there. Well, there was a Guess Joe what? in there. There were snake eyes. Yes, there was a glowing snake eyes. Snake eyes for... He is know. unkillable. Two-thirds of this episode is literally crackling. He is crackling. Every time you see him on screen, he is surrounded by a red cloud, and you hear... <laughs> because So everyone knows he's nuclear, which is awesome. 
but he's able to a uh, snake eyes is able to avoid the robots and he takes the canister with him and uh major blood in a moment of weakness i have to say or maybe humanity call it what you will says eh, don't worry about that guy he's gonna die anyway so it's <laughs> but that's that's what i don't get they said he's gonna die but no one follows him he's got a full canister of catalytic elements and he, they just let him go all right Everything they need so much, and he's carrying off a load of them. I guess they figured the the radiation poison would kill him, but they they don't they clearly don't know the power of leaves and berries. <laughs> Major Blood can deliver his canister, and he's not crackling whatsoever. Yes, yeah, so Major Blood's happy. He's like, I got my job done for the day. Let's get out of here and have a Forsters and some Vegemite. <laughs> then we'll then we'll shine up me metal plate and play some rugby. <laughs> We'll all tag Rachel Hunter, the big old gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> so then elsewhere you have Duke and Doc. They're trying to – Duke and Doc. It's like a bad joke or something. They're trying to make an attempt to remember where the Cobra base is, but, but Duke just can't do it. All he remembers is the chick, the hot chick who he gave a promise ring to. That's all he remembers. I want to know where Doc got Cerebro from. Are, is, are Doc and, like, Professor X best buddies or something? Because that thing looks like Cerebro. <laughs> But he's digging into the deepness of his mind. And when you watch the later episodes, it gets even creepier, these scenes. So it was definitely a strange kind of dynamic going on here. I got a weird, like, Luke in Empire Strikes Back when he's training with Yoda vibe. Like, he's seeing Leia, the, you know, the slave girl, and she's like, she's in trouble. And, like, I got a weird Empire Strikes Back vibe from it. I, I dug that. I can see that. I can see that. The one thing I will say is I like Doc. I like the fact that in 83, they made a black man a doctor and gave him hipster Bono sunglasses, which I thought were pretty dope. Like, he had, like, mm -hmm. the Hunter S. Thompson vibe going on with, like, yeah. the colored... I mean, that's where Bill Cosby got the uh, Cosby show from. He watched this episode and decided, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so you're saying that Doc retired from G.I. Joe and became a, a, baby, a doctor baby doctor and moved to New York and married a lawyer. Yeah. And got really into Jello and wearing sweaters. You can see that. Theo, you need to go to school, my boy. <laughs> you need to remember where the Cobra base is, Duke. I need you to put on your thinking cap. Oh. The pudding pops. Bob, I'm just waiting for your uh, Bill Cosby to get like super perverted like it used to. What did you do with the pudding pops, Duke? Well, <laughs> Got his Gordon Gartrell sweater on and everything. That's awesome. He's really cool. Steeler shoots into the room and he says, hey, uh, I don't know what's going on. But hey, uh, no disrespect here or nothing, but uh, I built this thing here. Uh, we can get Netflix and Hulu with no cost. <laughs> Yo, it's totally boss. <laughs> it's cool, though, because watching enough episodes, the voice acting in this show is awful, by the way. It's just mm -hmm. stinks. Oh, yeah. I, I believe Steeler is um, Iceman from um, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Oh, yeah, probably Frank Welker. One of them are. I think it's either Steeler. Towards the end of the episodes, the two doofuses that build the satellite. The guy, yeah. the guy that has the special ed helmet on with the goggles. That's. <laughs> yes, I'm like a satellite. Yes. <laughs> well, I know Snowjob. Um, oh crud! He was Raphael from the Turtles cartoon, and of oh, course I would know that. Yeah. Cool, that's awesome. 
Yeah. So then, so yeah, so they go topside where Beaker briefs everybody, and he says, "All right, the second element is." And Beaker sounds like a uh, effeminate gay, like Southern gentleman. He's got the. Beard. I thought they called him Tito when he showed up in no, that submarine submerged. That's, that's torpedo. Torpedo. Oh. Like a like a. I heard Tito. No, 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 no. That's. that's hey man, I want you a submarine, bro. He did look very Hispanic. I, I was <laughs> a little bit racist. Yeah, the voice was a little racist too. He's like, "Hey, I'm here, Holmes." Yeah. <laughs> but, but the crew. And the, the dudes from G.I. Joe are super stoked to see him, which is pretty awesome. So I was pretty jazzed about that. I want to know why he's wearing scuba gear in the submarine, though. <laughs> kind of seem redundant. I don't, know. I don't know. I have no idea. I can't even come up with a reason for that one. He's just – he's ready to he's, – he's always – He's doing ready. his own diving in the submarine. It's like the world's greatest Chevy van that nobody can look into. <laughs> He's got all kinds of candy lost puppies in there. He's always ready to party. He's like, hey, man, we could be in water anytime. I want to be ready, right? So Snake Eyes, so then we cut back to Snake Eyes, and he's continuing his trudge through the snowy landscape, and he comes across a wolf that's caught in a trap. And Snake Eyes, being the great dude that he is, uh, pops the trap and frees the wolf. The wolf wolf licks his paw, and now Snake Eyes has a friend. Well, just to add to Snake Eyes' badassness, he just grabs it with his bare hands and just just rips it right open. Doesn't even phase him. He's just like, yeah, I've got – and the cool part is, like, no one else got radiation poisoning from that, which Mm -hmm. was pretty awesome. Like, so that was cool. I was a little – I mean, I know it's 80s animation, but I was disappointed he wasn't melting snow as he walked. Oh, well, come on. You're asking too much. You're asking I know. I know. I know. He's already in, like, Antarctica trying to find his, his way from across the globe. It's like, where the hell is he walking to? Like, where is he going? He's got, like, the longest journey ever. He's going to show up in, like, 47 years going, here's your fucking canister. <laughs> Still glowing. But then <laughs> Snake Eyes and the Wolf continue on, and then all of a sudden they run into the biggest fucking polar bear anyone has ever seen before in the history of polars, bears, or anything else. This thing is massive. My theory is that he already had radiation earlier, so that's why he was so big already. He already got his own dose. <laughs> well, all the salmon are irradiated, and it's just making them bigger and bigger. He was huge, and I mean, and he's so big that Snake Eyes, who is a trained uh, uh, military special forces dude, can't pull his gun quick enough and shoot this thing that is literally the size of a of a building because the 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 bear knocks away the gun and knocks away snake eyes and all of a sudden the wolf comes to his rescue and the wolf starts tangling with this bear and you get how big this bear is when the wolf attaches himself to him because the wolf looks like a brooch on his collar he just like bites right in his boob just right there and then that that was all he covered was just the bear boob and, and the bear bit Snake Eyes in the heel, so it's it's like Snake Eyes is just getting fucked up all over the place. No, no, leaves and herbs that it heals all of that stuff. Yeah, leaves and herbs, leaves and herbs, leaves and herbs. Holistic healing, my friends. <laughs> Breathe in the incense. But then let's all the sudden, chant some mantras. <laughs> the bear throws Snake Eyes away, throws the wolf away, and then all of a sudden the bear gets shot by some green laser. So you know he's a good guy because green laser, blue laser is always good guy. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're going on, like the um, I guess the Star Wars lightsaber colors, blue and green is good. So we see some green lasers, and then like the most annoying Irish brogue I've ever heard is some blind guy who says, "I I can see, friend, that you and your mate are true of heart, and I'm going and like to like a lot of Scottish Grizzly Adams. Yeah, yeah, you look like like Jesse or or uh, Pylon Pete. <laughs> like, who the hell? I thought he looks like Odin. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like Odin. It's like down from Asgard, you know, saving snake eyes. <laughs> A random Anthony Hopkins appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. He shows up, he's blind. He's really muscular considering that he's blind. How would he find the weights and know which ones to lift? And then he just puts them well, on. He found a canister that was covered in a big old uh, avalanche. He said, oh, I went back for it. I found it all buzzy and warm. He heard the crackling. He heard the crackling. That was why. And then he, the blind dude who doesn't have a name, puts snake eyes in the and the wolf on the sled, and then he quickly rushes off, and it turns into um, uh, "Call the Wild" by Jack London, which is a beautiful book. So then we cut back. And to, I think he was more than blind. I think the bear ate his eyes. They were weird looking. Yes, he had like. No, he just shocked himself with the green lightning too many times in the eyes, and it backed in and just blinded him. You do things like that when you're bored and alone. <laughs> Do you know, D? <laughs> <laughs> but he also had cool black eye makeup. Just don't look at my poo shoes. I'm pretty sure that the dude was like this, like the ex-singer of like some kind of Norwegian black metal band. Because <laughs> he had <laughs> with a with a Scottish accent. It's awesome, right? Would you like to hear some Demon Borger? <laughs> Ooh. I was waiting for the Highlander references when he started talking. <laughs> This dude, I mean, this makes me more confused geographically where this cave is because you have like this Scottish guy who looks like a, a, a like like you said, Odin hanging out with a bunch of dogs in like an Iditarod. I have no idea where this takes place. I'm just totally screwed here. I don't know. I got nothing. I Me mean, neither. It's like Yukon Cornelius got really old and just decided whatever. <laughs> He found all the peppermint he could, so now he's looking for G.I. Joe. <laughs> Went blind for the diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great theory. So your theory is this dude is a diabetic Yukon Cornelius who lost his sight from eating all the peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> I What's Wolford Brimley doing in the snowy tundra? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this as a comic book creator, I would love to write like standalone Yukon Cornelius stories because he is one of my favorite characters ever created in any genre. I love him. He's the best. He'd work anywhere. He really would. Like he would work in the old west. He would work like out in like a like a quarter main style guy, like out in <laughs> the brush of Africa hunting lions. I'd, I'd like to see him out in deep space. Yes, I I would totally, I would write that in a minute. Yukon Cornelius in space. Versus the alien. <laughs> so then Blood is happy because he finds um, his the catalytic elements for Destro. And Destro is happier because now he's got two of the three elements. So he's super stoked because now things are starting to take place, you understand. And Destro is really going to make some moves. So the Joes make their way to the bottom of this trench, and they're getting all the warnings from, uh, from Torpedo, being like, all right, you know, nobody really goes down here, so we've got to be careful. And then they hop out of their, of their uh, uh, submarines. And they just swim in, like, regular scuba gear, which doesn't make any sense because they're on the bottom of the ocean. But I, I don't know how they survived the pressure for that. But that's, that's what I was wondering myself. Yeah, that's neither. But then Duke, Duke says he recognizes the pillars, but apparently no one's ever been down there. So my thought was he recognized these pillars from the arena of sport. Maybe. So you think they had like these worm things in the arena of sport? The tube worms? Maybe. The Petco PetSmart arena of sport. Wait a minute. If I look behind you, Keith, I think I see 
a home of a tube worm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we got one of these things here. Oh, hang on. So, oh. <laughs> oh, it actually looks really weird holding it like that. Sorry. <laughs> oh my. So they see the strange pillars, and then um, one of them makes a racist comment about being in a bad neighborhood. And then, of course, the black guy's like, hey, man, this place is cool. I, I like it. You know what I mean? Like, no, no graffiti. They leave the, the graffiti comment to the black guy. Yeah. Incredibly <laughs> racist. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then Warrens I, don't mean shit out here. <laughs> hey, excuse me. Can you tell us how to get back to the highway? Fuck yo, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Roll them up. <laughs> So then um, uh, they, they get to the heavy water, and then all of a sudden, Cobra shows up. And I found it very sexist that Baroness is driving around in a pink submarine pod. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not in scuba gear either. We've got to see that hot body all in, uh, in her nice little spandex. Yeah, it's the voice. It's the hair. It's the stylish glasses. Like, she's a mm – -hmm. yeah. yeah. I still I, think Cobra was defending the natural elements, trying to keep the Joes away from it. Yes, don't the, destroy the earth. You're, you're destroying the earth. But she gets there, and then the um, while the G.I. Joe and Cobra have their battle underwater without the force of the, the pressure destroying them all. Um, yeah, they're it, moving very fast for someone, you know, thousands of leagues underneath the sea. I believe it is 20,000. I believe they are 20,000 leagues under the sea. They say that? Okay, I missed that in the notes. I believe if you look on one of the uh, monitors... <laughs> It does say <laughs> and torpedo stuff. <laughs> but yes, so the world got park locators and fathoms <laughs> and leagues under the sea. There's twenty thousand. Yes. <laughs> so then, what happens is the worms are awakened by the firefight and become angry and make really annoying noises. And then all of a sudden, you have these worms that are kicking the shit at a GI Joe and Cobra alike. I mean, they're making mincemeat of GI Joe and Cobra. It's well, kind of just mad people invaded their neighborhood. Nobody asked them to come around here. But it's embarrassing how quickly G.I. Joe and Cobra are both kind of subdued by giant green worms. Yeah, they were moving pretty fast for these uh, worms that just all of a sudden showed up. I mean, you'd think G.I. Joe, they're smaller. They could swim around them. No, no. No, mm -hmm. no they, they, I mean, quickly. These how quickly Cobra is sold on the idea of working together. Yes. We have a common enemy. Yes. And then, uh, uh, so they are now working together because Torpedo all of a sudden outranks Duke and is like, hey, I'm going to work out some kind of uh, deal with Baroness. Let me use my Latin charm. And he's like, "Come here, Mamacita." He's like, "You know, let's let's work this out. We'll we'll handle these snakes, and you can handle my snake if you catch my drift, right? You can like my big cock, right?" <laughs> well, his, his submarine actually went. It was like low rider. It just dropped down real fast, and that's how he got her. <laughs> that's how it worked, man. And his voice got a little more festive. I thought he was looking more for uh, Major Blood rather than Baroness. Hey, <laughs> so they so they agree to work together, but that's still to no avail. The worms just keep kicking the shit out of them. And then Duke has a great idea, which still to this second, I've seen this episode like four times, makes absolutely no sense to me. They shoot the pillars and the worms float to the surface. They blow up and die. 
Yeah, apparently the pressure de- decreasing causes them to explode. Don't really get that one myself. They should have just fallen right over and landed on the ground. Yeah, I don't understand. And that's what happened because they shot the base out and the worm slid down to the bottom and then that was it. Like, I didn't see any exploding worm guts. Mm-hmm. But it, it was one of those like quick fixes and then the worms are quickly dispelled and we never see or hear from them ever again, which is good because those things. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Oh, you know what that was? Science. We're going back to Arrakis. We need Shai Hulud somewhere where people care about us. Yes, science problem solved. So now the two <laughs> Joe and Cobra are, are kind of uh, reaching out. They're saying, okay, I'll take my water. You take your water. But nay, nay, nay. Baroness says, no, no, no. I am breaking our deal. And then she says, surely you can't be serious. And then this would have been the perfect time for Duke to say, of course, I'm I serious. Am serious. Don't, Don't call me Shirley. But he didn't do it. He did the JoJo <laughs> thing, and then they fought, and then everybody left. And they both have what they came for. So it's a win-win. So that's nice. Yeah, I think they called it heavy water. Yes, heavy water, which I actually Googled, which is a real thing, which I thought was kind of neat. So back at the Sea hmm. of Ice, the blind hermit, as uh, he's being called to on this Wikipedia page, we're just going to call him Yukon Cornelius. Yukon <laughs> Cornelius has completely healed Snake Eyes of his sickness, his radiation poisoning from herbs and berries. Which I found very weird. He threw the, you know, the sleeping bag that he threw Snake Eyes in. That was still glowing. Threw it in the fire to get rid of it. Totally understand that part. But then Snake Eyes clothes, totally fine. Uh, he washed them with Tide or something. <laughs> I don't know. Roots and berries. It works for Prince Hakeem and coming to America, and it works to get rid of your uh, radiation sickness. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he told Snake as I could feel what a big, strong man you are. Like, yeah, really? a little creepy. Oh, How exactly did you heal him with candies and uh... <laughs> Yukon Cornelia says, I can't see, but I notice that you have a big penis, and here is your mask. <laughs> And you're paying. You're swinging 12, son. You're swinging 12. Did he play Who's in My Mouth? Is that what he was playing? <laughs> so then, and then he gives him a bit of advice. He's like, all right, take the magic trip down to the perimeter of Doom and then make a left and a right and a boom, you're at the G.I. Joe base. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand how this all happened, but whatever. <laughs> Wormholes. Magic of wormholes. This, this episode is Wormholes of death. <laughs> so then um, he doesn't send him. The funny part is Yukon Cornelius doesn't send snake eyes out into the wilderness, the snow, with any kind of like rations or jacket or food or anything like that. He just sends it. He just, snake eyes just leaves. And he's like, all right, buddy, see you later. Like, have a good time. Well, that's how close they were to civilization. It was like a five-minute walk, despite you know the snowy tundra we saw. It was only like a five-minute walk. He just stopped by the 7-Eleven, grabbed some rations, and he was back home. And Yukon Cornelius is a total dick because he has a dog sled that he could have given Snake Eyes a ride back to his base on, but he's like, nah, I got some stuff I got going on. He had to burn that, too. Yeah, you know. He tried like, to burn that and the dogs. <laughs> Everything's got radiation poisoning. I got to do it all the way. Except your uniform and this thing full of radioactive crystals. And my Everything stupid wife, burn! <laughs> so, boom, directions to civilization. Oh, and he names the wolf Timber, which is not original yeah. at all. No. No. But it's nice to know that that's where the Minnesota Timberwolves got their name from. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so then uh, two elements short, uh, the two dummies, Short Fuse and Steeler, come up with this plan to shoot a, a satellite into space to blow up uh, uh, the Cobra satellite. Which is just amazing because these guys are clearly retarded. Like how they were able to come up with this plan <laughs> to build. They used the New York street justice on it. Yeah, it's like, yo, this is warriors come out and play. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build this. We built this Falcon satellite right out of pizza boxes. <laughs> and like, it's going to have some awesome. bottles and some pizza boxes. We're going to put it together, bada bang. We're going to take them out. I heard it was fueled with muscle milk. <laughs> Then we're gonna put the muscle milk in it. It's gonna go up into space. We're gonna blow up some shit, and like then we're gonna go to the club and get like dumps and fist it. pump. It's gonna be fucking boss, right? We're <laughs> <laughs> like, good now. I can go lift, right? I need to go lift. Yeah, we gotta go tan too, cause you know uh, being in GI Joe is making my tan go away, jerks. <laughs> GTL Joe, baby. <laughs> But like Duke listens to this and then some other guy comes over and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah we really built this thing. And like, oh, okay, whatever. And so the doctor who creates mass thinks this is also a great idea and they have a ready-made joystick and they just shoot it into outer space. Like, that's it. Like, that's these two guys. Uh-oh, we have 10 minutes, so we got to hurry up. Oh, no. These two guys are clearly geniuses. So they, they build this fucking... <laughs> It's rocket ship that goes into outer space. And well, then Cobra's right on it, too. Cobra's like, oh, look, hey, here's what they're doing. Saw that coming. Yep, let's send out some shock troopers that are, have nothing to do with stormtroopers. No, nah, don't look anything like them. The helmets, not nah, the guns. Which Deathro, Deathro says, we don't have enough to get them back. So they basically sent about a dozen uh, Cobra troops out there and just floating in. Space. It's a totally just out there. It's a kamikaze mission. And are, are the shock troopers are the shock troopers actual people or are they robots? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. So I don't. Nice pants, Keith. Those are styling. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they shoot the shock troopers up into outer space, and the, the shock troopers do a good job in defending the satellite and blow up the stupid GI Joe satellite made of pizza boxes and stuff. So then, what happens is Cobra's like. Yo, we did it. G.I. Joe's got to surrender. And then the only thing to me that saves this episode is Cobra Commander's line of Cobra rules. <laughs> and then uh, we, we go back over to the Joe base and they're all kind of bummed out because their magic pizza box satellite got blown up because that's the best idea they had was a satellite made of pizza boxes by two mm -hmm. Guido mops. <laughs> <laughs> With their special helmets. That was our best idea. Maybe we could make something out of spaghetti. I don't know. Uh, Thanks a lot, Joe. Yo, Joe. All right. <laughs> I got nothing. So then all of a sudden, um, uh, what's her face? The cover girl is her name. She's like, hey, well, you guys were busy working hard and like coming up with cool plans. I just took this badass tank out <laughs> for a ride. And look who I found. Oh. Snake eyes. Oh, snake eyes. Her name is, is legitimately cover girl. Yes. The hot blonde is cover girl. Yes. Yes. And she's joyriding in the tank. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I believe she was taking some pictures for her Deviant Art page too at one point. Like, <laughs> in front of the I noticed you're not wearing a bra cover, girl. What's up with that? Major Blood took some sketchy photos of her for his Deviant Art page. 
Because he's a photographer. Well, that's where he was this whole episode, doing a photo shoot with CoverGirl. Yeah, he's, he's a photographer in <laughs> spare time. Uh, he, posts, he picks uh, strange women and takes pictures of them on tanks and things of that nature in scandalous attire. So if you're interested, but, you can look up Major Blood's DeviantArt page and see CoverGirl spread <laughs> on the front of a jacket. <laughs> And remember, that's B-L-U-D-D. Yes, B-L-U-D-D is how you spell blood. It's the Australian spelling of blood. He's on Twitter under Trouble Bubble. Yeah, Trouble Bubble. <laughs> and uh, you can see all the pictures you want of CoverGirl with her ass cheeks spread open. <laughs> and then Cobra Commander's there. I mean, not Cobra Commander, but uh, uh, your boy Snake Eye shows up, and everybody's happy to see him, and they're happy to see the wolf, because everyone loves when you bring a wild animal into an enclosed room with a bunch of strangers, because that's a great idea. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. He's growling at Snake Eyes for saving him from the trap, but then he's okay with a room full of people and weapons. Mm-hmm. Got Loving all over Lady J. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's on Scarlet, dude. Scarlet's like, oh, look, he, he likes me a lot. And the dog is smelling her chooch. <laughs> <laughs> he's wondering if the carpet matched the drapes. I mean, it's question we've all wondered. We all are, Keith. We all are. <laughs> So then they have the elements, but then all of a sudden the canister starts to turn purple and lets out a gas, knocking them all unconscious, which is the stupidest Cobra failsafe ever. <laughs> I don't know how they triggered it. That's what I want to know. And like like means, Timber touches it and then it goes off. So that is it also means that Major Blood was smart enough. He let he let Snake Eyes go in the beginning of the episode because he knew Snake Eyes would survive the, the wilderness. And the <laughs> I recognize that old can of Dinty Moore still. He'll be dead as soon as he opens it. <laughs> and there it is. Like, this was ridiculous. It was unnecessary recall. Like, you didn't need that. Mm-mm. No, we had to end on the cliffhanger. I'm just got to bring people back for the fourth episode that they somehow actually got. This episode stinks. Like I told Stephanie while I was watching again, I was like, God, this episode's so bad. Like the worms are dumb, and like the the Yukon Cornelius sucked. Like everything about this episode was just garbage. So I'm gonna give. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna give this episode like a star because I hated it. Like I thought it was. I can't. I can't believe that this show survived after this episode. It was awful. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to give it two stars. I mean, the action kept going. Snake Eyes is alive. Hooray, I guess. I'm still waiting for him to be a badass, so two stars for me. What about you, Keith? I give it a yo, but no Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. That was very fun. A yo, but no Joe. So yeah, I, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know how this – I don't know how we survived G.I. Joe. We must have really liked the toys as a kid or – I don't know. Something happened, but this episode sucks. So, so you gotta you wonder go. what toys were they planning from this episode? Like, like a little no, joystick no. to shoot the rocket in the air or something. Well, I think the sco- the the submarines were were toys. I think yeah. the little individual subs were toys. Yeah, I, I don't think the worms made it though. The worms. But yeah, I like the most dangerous thing in this episode was was were the worms and a bear. It's just stupid. The bear they should have made a toy of, but that thing would have been ginormous. It would have been the size of like the G.I. Joe base. Yes, it was just a giant bear and some worms, and it was just dumb. I just think <laughs> that it was just stupid. Like, just you just pull out your wampa from a Star Wars set and just roar, kill them. That's, that's what I felt this episode was kind of like. It was kind of like, uh, like Empire, the beginning of Empire. It was just kind of dumb, and I hated it. Did Timber get a toy? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I'll have to Google it. I'll Google it and let you know later. Okay, sounds good. Because I couldn't tell you right off the bat. So, but yeah, this episode stinks. Um, I hope that you stay tuned and listen to more 
episodes of DT Pod, a real American podcast. I'm having fun doing it. I want to thank Keith and Dino for joining us today on the pod. Gentlemen, I always appreciate. And uh, Dino, you have your own Patreon you'd like to plug. So feel free, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I have my own Patreon page to set, set up so that uh, hopefully I can keep getting funded to keep making artwork, making comics, making my webcomic. You know, just help defray the bills and give me the time to actually do my artwork. Okay. Well, if I go on Patreon, what do I search? Uh, you can look up my name. It, that's, I believe that's what on the page is under is uh, Dean Stahl or Dean underscore Stahl. Now spell it, have it in front of me right now. D-E-A-N-S-T-A-H-L. There you go. So, so you can search, search Dean. And what's, what's your uh, webcomics website? Do you have a website for your webcomic? It's uh, headlocksandheadaches.com. It's there about 80 zero pro wrestling. There you go, my friends. Nice. That is Dean. He is a good guy. And if you're ever in Michigan, he lives right outside of Lansing. Go visit him. He's a good guy. So that's it. And then Keith, man, thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. And you will be not a problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. You will be a regular substitute, my friend. So I hope you're ready. Hope Perfect. You're ready. Let's do it. And Yo, we, Joe. And if we ever do a Ninja Turtle one, this is all. You <laughs> I've got us covered, man. DVDs, movies. You want to talk about it? As long as it's not that new Michael Bay shit. God, that was horrid. I didn't see it, but I love the new cartoon. The new cartoon is epic. And the new cartoon is doing very well. It's definitely a kid show, but it's still fun. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait till Sophie can actually be old enough to watch it because every time I rent it from the library, Stephanie makes me send it back because she says it's too violent for the kids. Nah. She's wrong. She's wrong. She is. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. You're listening to DT Pod, a real American podcast. <laughs> Get there.